Socialites, and welcome back to the Social Studies Podcast, the podcast where we study being social by being social. Okay, got a great, got a great, great guest for you today that I've been trying to get on the podcast for a while. We met like at the height of the pandemic. We got thrown into the Zoom show together, and then I was like, You're a badass bitch. Pretty sure we need to work together. And then she was my opener in. Indianapolis when I was there in Jesus, I think it was the top of December. Anyway, before we get into this, go to my website, mrdtimes3.com, coming to Vancouver, Denver, Minneapolis, Madison, Wisconsin, Buffalo, New York, Philadelphia, Oklahoma City, Seattle, so many more on the website, mrdtimes3.com. This badass bitch of a comedian, I'm so happy to have here today. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Finally, Mary Santora. Hi. Yeah, excited to be here, man. I I love meeting you on that Zoom because it was like sad, sad days. And then I remember watching your set and I was like, oh my God, this guy's so great. And I feel like we like kind of clicked and messaged each other on Instagram. Yeah. And then I was already booked your weekend but didn't know you were headlining in indianapolis and so i hit you up i was like oh my god yeah, <laughs> i know i was so, so excited yeah. yeah we we connected pretty quickly too i think one of the things i love first of all i always want a woman to open my shows i think always because i know my you know my audience it's like almost yes. all women our age pretty much right it's women in their like mid to late 30s and it's perfect so to my fans i feel like i'm their gay cousin joey but i'm gay and i'm a man and i'm i'm not a woman like don't get it twisted i'm not a woman so i love <laughs> for them to hear like their own voice and mm-hmm. The way they respond to the people who I have on the road is exceptional. The way they responded to you was like <laughs> through the roof, girl. They were crazy. Your fans, I am not kidding. I think over the course, I think we did five shows. And I want to say I got like close to 800 followers on Instagram because everyone was like, I love you so much. I feel like we're the same person. And you followed me immediately. And you have such a strong fan base who are great comedy fans too. So it ended up working out for everybody. And it was so cool to get to hang, you know? So good weekend all around. I was really glad that we got to hang. I, you know, I wish that I had, I wish that I had like a little bit more time. I was a little bit kind of like all over the place that weekend. And I was really in my head because I was trying to get the clip for that one thing, Mm -hmm. which, which I'm pretty sure isn't happening. Oh no, that's always the worst. It's fine. It's fine though. Yeah, I get it. It's one of those things where you have to tell yourself like, all right, then this isn't the time for that. Like this isn't, this wasn't meant to be right now. You never know in the future or what might happen, but I was trying to get clips over the last two weekends that I was working. And it's just so stressful because I'm like, Man, I wish I could just live audition, which is when that's beneficial to be in like New York or L.A. But getting clips is so stressful. So I totally get that. Mary. Oh, I got a story for you. Okay, so if you guys don't know, listeners, the biggest comedy festival in the world is called Just for Laughs. Okay, you might know that, too. I put in for Just for Laughs new faces. I don't even remember how many years ago I put in for new faces. And it was right when they started the category unwrapped. You're familiar with uh-huh. unwrapped, and at the yeah. time I was unwrapped. I didn't have any agents or managers, and I put in for unwrapped. And what you do is you submit your five minutes, 
as an unlisted link on like YouTube or Vimeo. Mm -hmm. And that literally I have never felt more neurotic in my life. I literally wish I could have just put it on VHS and mailed it to them because when you put it on YouTube as an unlisted link, you can see how many views it gets. Yes, Mary, yes. Mary, Mary. <laughs> You're it, just like, refresh, 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 refresh. It, I only sent this link there to JFL. That's it. Uh-huh. And it had like 215 views. And I was like, I got it. Didn't get oh, it. Yeah? Did did not get it. Because you're like, how could you not? I was you like, what? Years? Yeah, I, uh, I couldn't believe it. It got like 215 views. And I was like, no way. I got this shit on my first time. Like the feeling. <laughs> and then you never hear back. You never, yeah. you never hear, you never hear back. And then out of nowhere, Vulture puts out the 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 set list. And I was like, what? Like, yes, it was crazy. It. It's like, yeah. I think that's such a bullshit policy too. Cause doctors do that. Doctors won't call you back with test results if it's good news. So you're like, I don't, well, at least my doctor does where it's like, they if say it's no good news, news, they won't call if you. It's good news. So if you're getting tested for like an STD or something and you don't have the STD, they don't call you. So they basically say like, Hey, if everything's cool, we're not going to give you a call. But if you get a call from us, <laughs> It's pretty bad. I'm like, can you just call me either way? I feel like this is a situation where we should have a conversation, you know? I, ha- I have to tell you the story. This is 100% not my story to tell, but I have to tell you the story. Right, right, okay. Right. So my, <laughs> this is crazy. All right. My best friend's little brother. Actually, I'm going to tell you the story after a commercial break. Let's get a couple commercials okay. in. Okay. My friend's little brother, he went to the doctor for like some some issue that he was having okay they were like we're gonna do like some blood work and he was like all right sure and the doctor he was like driving home from work and the doctor called him and they were like hey we're gonna need you to come in and he's like oh actually i'm just driving (laughs) can you just tell me and he's like no we're gonna we're gonna need you to come in and he was like Okay, so he like went in the next morning and the doc, he said when the doc, first of all, he said like the entire staff when he walked in was just fucking weird. He's like, oh, shit, something's going on. I'm and he's dying. Like, he like, said, you're just like, yeah. that's it. My blood's bad. 100%. What happened? So the doctor, he walked in <laughs> and the doctor was like physically distraught. And he, my friend's little brother looked at the doctor and was like, you know what, man? Just say it. Also, you, I need you to know my friend's little my friend's little brother is the most positive person I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. this is gonna yeah. blow you away. He's like, he's like, hey, whatever it is, just tell me. So the doctor like sat down and was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. He's like, last night I sat down and I cried and I looked my daughters in the eyes and I thought to myself, I can't believe tomorrow I have to tell a 21 year old man that he has HIV. <laughs> and my friend was like, my, my friend's little brother was like, can't, we're just gonna give him a name. His name is Tom. Tom was like, <laughs> he was like, what? He's like, you have tested positive for HIV. And he's like, okay. And then he like, the doctor starts to cry. And my Tom turns to him and goes, 
I'm so sorry. That must have been really hard for you to have to tell me. To tell me. Daughter. That we had to for you to tell me. That would it must have been hard for you to tell to tell me, Tom. Yeah. So he the doctor is like, okay, uh, yeah. And he's like, all right. And Tom goes, and the doctor's like, do you want me to call your mom in here? And Tom is like, yes, but before we do, I need you to know that shit's about to get fucking crazy. So they invite yeah. Tom's mom in, and Tom's mom is a very eccentric woman. Like, she's amazing, but she's full of emotions. Like, love her to pieces, right? She came in, and the doctor was like, your son is HIV. And she collapsed to the ground and was just like, no, tell me my son doesn't have... And then she turned to Tom and she goes, she's like on the ground at his feet and she's like, Tom, are you gay? Like, tell me if you're gay. And Tom's like, mom, I'm not gay. And she's like, Tom, I will love you regardless. Just tell me if you're gay. Like, tell me if you're gay. He's like, mom, I am not gay. I've had like a little bit of unprotected sex, but I am not, I'm not gay. And she's like, you can tell me. She's convinced Tom's gay. Okay. So he has to go back And he does another blood test. And the doctor again is like, you need to come in here. And he's like, bro, just tell me on the phone. He's like, oh, you need to come in. We're not doing this again. (laughs) He gets into the doctor's office and the doctor was like, your test results came back um, negative for HIV. So we think you have like this super rare like blood thing where you can like make yourself immune to HIV. He's like, this is crazy. I've never seen this before. I've only like read about this. And they did. So anyway, they did three more blood tests and it came back so conclusively negative that they ruled out that what probably happened was is his blood test got mixed with somebody else's blood test and they gave him a positive. But Mary, could you imagine? That means. But that means there's someone who's positive that thought they were negative. Oh, I never even thought that. I never even that thought about that. That means that somebody was like, I'm free. And they were and just they out, out fucking. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Oh, my God. You're right. Yeah. Oh, I never thought about it on that side of it. That's the first thing I thought where I was like, that would happen to me. Where someone would be like, no, no, I'm negative. Just kidding. They gave me the wrong test results. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? I, I just, I can't stop like thinking though how crazy it is that not only did he think he had HIV but his mom was like 100% convinced he was gay dude it's wild the way that people react to some things is so crazy like I unlike the comforting other people when you have bad news thing my dad died last year which you do a great job of like taking serious topics and showing the world that it's okay to laugh at what you think is the unlaughable. Anyway, I'm sorry to cut you off. I did not mean to do that. No, it's okay. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That's like what this whole new, I put out an album last year too. And so like this whole new hour that I'm working on is all dark shit that I'm just trying to make funny. Cause I'm like, yeah, my life's dark right now. (laughs) Like that's what we're going through. But we had this bar that we went to in my hometown for chicken wings once a week from the time we were little kids. My dad had been going there his whole life. Right. We knew all the bartenders by name. They all knew us, yada, yada, yada. So we realized my younger sister and I went there on my, what would have been my dad's birthday last year. It would have been his 60th birthday. So we're like, we haven't been back to the Oriole. Let's go. Let's get wings. Let's play Keno. Let's do some dad shit. Keno. So oh my God. So Kino, Ohio. Right? Yes, it is. Isn't it? Oh my God. We're going to hit a big one day. You don't even know. So we go to this bar and we realized we had not been there since my dad died. And so like the waitress comes up and she was like, Hey, good to see you guys. You haven't been in a while. Is your dad on his way? 
And so we had to be like, <gasps> actually, oh. he died, you know, yada, yada. She took it okay. But like I said, we knew everybody in this place. She was bummed out, you know. And then the, the cook who grew up with my dad comes out, brings us our food. He's like, where's your dad tonight? Da, da, da. And I was like, he actually passed away. And the cook was like distraught, like was so upset and like had tears in his eyes and he kept hugging us. And he was like, he was always so good to me. He was such a good friend. So me and my sister oh, are sitting no. there on what would have been my dad's 60th birthday. And we're looking at this guy and we're like, we're so sorry. Like, it'll be okay. Like it's our dad who's dead. And we're consoling this bar line cook. Like, Oh man, you're going to, you're going to be all right. Just take, you know, take a breath. <laughs> it's just crazy how sometimes that kicks in in you where you're like, Oh, I just gotta, I guess I'll help you now. I don't know. Like, oh, you do such a good job. Like when you started talking about it on stage, I didn't realize how fresh it was because you just, I can see in your face that like, it's your therapy, like to, yeah. to just like write it out and let it out. I do have a yeah. question for you. So I, I listened to yeah. another podcast and the host of the podcast, her dad died too when she was younger. And she always talks about how when you have a parent die, like the fucked up things that people will say to you, like thinking that they're being like good. has the, Does that happen? Is that real? Oh man, I did not have an easy time after my dad died. I'm a co-host on a radio show. And while 99% of the people who listen, 99% of the listeners are fantastic human beings that offered so much love. And we had to set up a GoFundMe. We found out my dad had no will, no life insurance. No, he had $500 in the bank. So we were left with like, oh shit, like we all, I'm a working comic. My sisters are bartenders, you know, we had to set up a GoFundMe. We raised a bunch of money, but the things that the people, that 1% of people who were not good people, the things that they would say to me, like the day I got back on air after being off for like a week and a half or whatever, after he died, the day I got back on air, someone called in and accused me of stealing my dad's GoFundMe money. You've got to be fucking kidding me. I swear. I swear on my life. It was the day I got back. They called in and they were like, $25,000 sure is a lot of money. It doesn't seem like all that's going to uh, funeral expenses. I buried my mom and it only cost me eight grand. Da, 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 da. What are you doing with the rest of that money? I think it'll be interesting to see how many trips Mary goes on this year. Like you essentially saying, fuck up. yeah, yeah. Essentially saying that like I was misusing the funds and like stealing from people and lying about what I was doing with the money and stuff. It was insane. That was the day I got back. Dude, my, so, I'm like hot on the inside. Like I can't it. even believe you just told me that. Well, and here's something that I'm not, I mean, we could get into this if you want to. No, yeah, it. please. I think this is probably cathartic for our listeners too. Well, because so. there's people in the same situation probably. So my dad died from COVID. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he was a big dude. He weighed almost 400 pounds, but he was working out and trying to get better in like the last six months of his life. But my dad died from COVID, which meant that my dad couldn't just die. That meant every single person oh, had an opinion no. on how my dad died. Oh, every person no. had something to say about what it was or how my dad's death was politicized. And people were just saying awful, horrible things to me like COVID's not real. Your dad didn't die from COVID. COVID's a hoax. Your dad died because he was a fat piece of shit. Like things like that, where I'm just like, listen, can you just keep your wacko QAnon shit out of this and let me grieve? Like, I can't just I can't just be someone whose dad died because my dad died from something that people don't believe in. 
Like how crazy, think about that. That's what's been the hardest part about this. Oh, it's dude. It's been insane. I honestly like Mary. Shit, dude, that is for real. Well, and I mean, it's not only that, and that's a hard part of it. The top two hard parts, that, and then being constantly reminded about it. Everywhere, like, so my dad died in January of 2021. December of 2020 was like the biggest spike ever because everybody like since it started that that first round of holidays and that's when my dad got it right so i couldn't turn on the news i couldn't talk to a stranger i couldn't open my phone without everybody discussing covid and i'm like think about if your parent had cancer and they died from cancer and every time you turned on the tv it was statistics of cancer survivors and then every time you opened twitter it was someone saying cancer's not that big of a deal i had cancer and i'm fine and it was just like it would never happen. It would never happen. So it's just because like this was a new virus or a new disease or whatever it was. I wasn't just allowed to be sad. I had to field questions. Well, was he vaccinated? What was he boosted? Oh, what was he this? No. Well, how was he? What were his pre-existing conditions? And I'm like, can't he just be dead? Like, do we we have to do this every time? You know? How about I I'm hope you're saying, okay, Mary? Yeah, yeah. How are you doing? How's your family? How's your mom? You know? And while I will say this, that like I said overwhelming majority of people were very kind and very loving and very supportive. But when it is something that's so personal and so hard to deal with, to begin with that 1% of people who were monsters about it, they just stick out. You I, I got to tell you too. Like, so, so I, I got COVID. I don't know why I just turned British for a second. I got COVID. I got COVID. I got COVID. I got COVID in my asshole. I had to take a day off the train. (laughs) COVID platform nine and three quarters. I I did get COVID and I don't want to say that I I don't think I was like flagrant about it before. Mm -hmm. But when COVID happens in your life or to the life around you like it just changes everything like I got COVID I had to cancel 28 shows because I was on the road and I was like in this moment like holy shit this is insane and then moving forward from that situation I was just immediately taken back like in the same sense I was like looking at it different from people who have you know not been so fortunate or just like the constant bombarding on the news but what really really got me at that point in my life was exactly what you said the people who were online that were like I got COVID and I'm totally fine I was just like that's not that's not what this is it's not the point right (laughs) right you know what I mean like it's, it's just, it was, yeah, it's very frustrating. And it's funny. I tried to do a joke about it, but it's still pretty touchy about how I had COVID myself in oh, December. Yeah. And so almost, almost exactly a year after my dad was diagnosed, diagnosed, tested positive, whatever, oh, wow. almost after, almost exactly a year. So to, I said it, the, the premise was that it was like the worst type of aversion therapy that like, <laughs> I, I ended up on anxiety medication. I go to therapy regularly, both regular therapy and grief therapy. Like I was a nut job after my dad died because I didn't want to leave the house where I was like, COVID killed my dad. I go out in public. I get COVID. I die. Like that's just where my mind was. So I was like a hermit for months. And so when I got COVID in December, I was certain that was the end of my life. I was 100% positive that I was going to die. And so I'm dealing with that. And I'm saying like, the one thing I was the most scared of, like, if you're afraid of spiders, therapists will be like, you should hold a spider. It'll make you feel better. You know what I mean? But my thing was 
a virus that killed my dad that no one knows anything about. And they're like, yeah, you should totally just get it. Like, you know, it was just like this weird thing. And I could tell where my friends lied politically based on the tweets I would get or the DMs I would get or the way people would talk to me. Cause they'd be like, oh yeah. Cause they'd be like, oh, vaccine boosted. I bet you're so glad that you did that. Like now that you have COVID anyway. But then on the other side, it would be like, oh, you didn't get triple vaxxed. You weren't wearing two pairs of gloves and double masking when you were out. So like, what did you think was going to happen? And I'm like, this, I can't be sick. I can't just be sick. Like everyone has a friggin' opinion about it. It was, it just, I'm just so ready for it to be over. <laughs> yeah, literally. Well, when I got it, when I got it, literally my, D, my DMs were fucking crazy. First of all. Oh yeah. The second thing is that people were like, yeah, well, what did you expect? Gallivanting around the country doing shows. I was like, here's the fucking thing, Melissa from right. Arkansas. The, the, what I need you to understand is if I wasn't gallivanting around the country, I would not be putting food on my fucking table. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that my job requires me to go out into the world and you can just open your laptop and continue to crunch numbers, but I don't actually have that luxury right now. So two things, yeah. one, fuck yourself. And second, delete me. I was like done. Right. Why are you following me? Why are you following me? If you have such a problem with this, like get the hell out of here. That's something there is, like I said, most of our listeners on air are, are fantastic people, but there are people who hate listen that every day they have something to say. I have, so I just moved in with my boyfriend. Right. And I have people who are like rooting for our breakup where they're just like, Mary, they're like, stop oh, I can't it. Wait. What? I swear to God, Joe, I'll send you. Is it cause he's so hot? Insane. Your your boyfriend is so fucking hot. Right? hot. Yeah. He's really hot. He's <laughs> really tall hot. and tatted up. Yeah. He's in the other room. He's probably listening right now to be honest. Good. But yeah, there's people who are like, oh, Mary's a fucking maniac. As soon as she moves in with her boyfriend, if he has half a mind, he'll leave her. And I hope he does because then she'll have no place to go. Like, and again, small percentage of people, but people are absolutely insane. Oh, (laughs) God, this is making me hate the world. I, I, oh, I do hate people. You know what is weird? Tell me. It's almost, it's almost made me, I don't know what the right word is. It's almost made me feel like I can let things go quicker. Because even being in such horrible situations, I'm like, someone's always going to be mad at me. It doesn't matter if it's my dad is dead and I had nothing to do with it. There's going to be people who are mad at me about it. So it's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to live my life because there's nothing I can do that isn't going to piss somebody off. So whatever. I'm just going to do what I do anyway. It (laughs) took me a long time to get to that point. I I do feel Mm -hmm. like I'm with you. I'm there now. But it took me a long time to get to that point. Like when I because when I like first blew up. It, and it started like not all being positive anymore mm-hmm. is when I was yeah. like, oh, shit, like they hate me. And then I had to focus on yep. the fact like this is less than one percent of all the messages that you're getting. And second right. of all, like, what's this headless profile like bothering you for? User 9268834 on TikTok has a problem with me. It's like, OK, they probably have a problem with a lot of things. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. You know, Jesus Trejo. Right. I know of him. I've never met him. So I had him on the podcast a long time ago and he said something that I'll never forget. He says whenever people write nasty comments to him, he just hits them back with a heart and says like something along the lines of I genuinely hope you're doing well or like I hope you have a better Mm -hmm. day or something like that. And I started doing it too. And you'll be shocked at how people just put their tail between their legs and they're like, I'm a fucking bitch. I'm a fucking bitch. It's like, yeah, you Mm -hmm. are. (laughs) 
what my favorite thing to do is I'll like, like it. And then I'll just say like, this guy gets it or something like that. Like a funny, like, Oh, you totally understand me. Like, thank you for pointing it out. Like not a, not a mean thing. I don't come after them or anything like that. My, my go-to is usually this guy gets it. That's usually my, my thing where I'm like, Oh, for sure. You nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. That has been for the past, I would say the past two years now is I, I, I have slipped up. But I okay, we're all human. I try so hard to not write back unless I can make it funny. Right. Like what one woman went off. I had a video where I convinced when I was still teaching kindergarten, I convinced my kindergartners that I was a mermaid. And this woman like went off like paragraphs long about how I need to be fired because I'm lying to children and blah, blah, blah. And I literally stalked the fuck out of her profile, Mary. And I went back to her comment and I wrote, you say that I'm lying to children, but you're in a profile picture with your grandkids in Orlando, Florida, where you have convinced them that in Florida lives a six foot walking, talking mouse. Dude, people, and I don't think they realize how hypocritical they are either. Because like, no, never. Why would they? Nobody looks inside. They're just like, I don't like what you said. And I'm going to tell you about it. It's like, keep it yourself, bro. I got, I got no, not in trouble, but someone tweeted at me because we were talking about Santa not being real on air. And I said something along the lines. Yeah. I said something along the lines of Santa not being real on my adult radio program that I'm a co-host of. And this person was like, Oh, I thought I thought your radio show was safe to have on in the car, but apparently not when Mary's being reckless in saying things. I'm like, bro, I'm not the one lying to your kid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. What are you talking about? Like, you're out of your mind. If anything, I'm doing you a favor. Like, get it. What do you now? You can now you can finally be truthful with your children after eight years. So here's the thing. You're welcome is what I. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I got one more and then we got to get into these emails. Okay, Okay, so I had. I did. A, I honestly don't even remember this episode, but I did a podcast where I asked people to tell me about times where they've accidentally hurt, they've accidentally hurt themselves, like taking care of an animal, like of a pet. Okay, specific, very specific. Yeah, it, but trust me, the stories were great. Oh, I'm sure. But one woman. Oh fuck! One woman. One woman had a student in her class who said that her mom tripped down the stairs and squished their cat and this kid had like a Siri like a history of like coming up with very exaggerated lies so the teacher like went out to the mom after school and was like oh yeah I heard you killed your cat and she's like I did I did kill my cat. So I told that story on the podcast. I had somebody write me an email that was like, my wife accidentally stepped on our newborn kitten and she was listening to your podcast, which we usually love. And just to watch her face cringe in disgust when you talked about a dead kitten, I was like, girl, I do not have time for your evangelical ass on this here day of the Lord Jesus Christ. And how are you supposed to know? How am I supposed to know that you stepped on a kitten? What am I? I'm a, I can't I can't talk because then what are you going to be able to talk about? If you like every weirdo thing, every weirdo subject somebody has had happen. So I can't dance around it. I'm, you not, know what I'm mean? not dancing around nothing no more. Oh, my God. Is this how right wing people feel about freedom of speech? Ah! Like, oh, I can't I can't say anything.
anything anymore. I can't even talk about dead kittens. <laughs> What's allowed? Oh my God. Are we Republican? <laughs> That's happening. Okay. Uh, we're going to get into the emails in just a minute. Let's let us have a minute for a commercial break. Mary, I didn't ask you, what was your relationship like with school growing up? Like, did you like school? Were you a school I girl? loved at school. I was very good at school. I um, had a horrible home life. So what I did, because I hated being at home, was I put all of my energy into school and after school activities. So I was super involved. I got really good grades. I made sure I was like the president of my class multiple times over, like that kind of thing. I was, as my brothers would put it, they called me Captain High School. I was captain of the cheerleading squad, dating the captain of the basketball team. And he was baseball star and all that kind of stuff. And I, you know, and AP classes over a 4.0 oh, GPA. God damn. Like, oh yeah. I was, I loved school. I was very good at school all the way through college. Like I was always an academic person. Mary Santora, were you the prom queen? I was nominated, but I didn't go to prom because your, my boyfriend and I had broken up. Your so face I, right now, like literally, <laughs> you guys, if you're not watching this on YouTube, Mary's face when I asked if you were prom king, I, I could see she's holding on to it a little bit. I'm not holding on to it. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that we'll never know because I didn't go. OK, if I, if I would have gone and not taken myself off the ballot, I, I might have been prom queen. I don't know. I was on homecoming court. I didn't win homecoming queen, but I was on the court. I, we love that journey for you. Listen, and here's what is you can't talk about it in stand-up comedy is being the popular kid in school because almost every person who was a comic was bullied or shoved in lockers or had a really hard time with puberty. And I was like, mm, life is pretty great for me. Like <laughs> I was a teacher's pet and I had a cute boyfriend and I got 4.0s and like, yeah, I, I was friends with everybody. So yeah, it's not a subject I talk a lot about, but I loved school. <laughs> I love school too. I remember I was on, I was on like first round draft, if you will, of the homecoming court of like mm -hmm. who would be on it. And then there was like one more vote that was going to happen and I got knocked out. And I literally like my little gay ass with my double pop collar Hollister shirt, my Abercrombie yes. ripped jeans and my fucking flip flops in December with my puka shell necklace walked up to that list. 100. Necklace. I walked up to that list. I looked at it. I literally said, ew, fuck this and walked away. Like I was like, I was the only guy who was actually like, absolutely not. Like heartbroken. Like, I'm sorry. Did you just cross me, bitch? Like, I'm like, who the so fuck funny. are they? Who are Were they, though? I do have to say, though, the guy who did get a homecoming. He didn't get homecoming king. He got real close to, though. He was a real dick. Mm -hmm. Was hot oh, as God. fuck. And he's ugly as shit now. Okay. I have a real problem. Uh, with people who were super hot in high school and like seeing their Facebook. And this isn't even something I should probably admit, but when they get real <laughs> ugly or when they get real fat, I'm like, that's what you get. That's what you deserve. That's what you get for being a dickhead to everybody. Oh, now me? you're fat. <laughs> oh, this guy, Mary. Dude, I. this is literally why we get along. Okay. Yeah, I literally. We're the same person. <laughs> 100, I go to this guy's page. Like, I 
hate to admit how often I would at least four times a year. And I just look at it and be like, you're I thought fucking... you were about to say a week when you're oh, like, not a four week. Times, I was like, Joe, get off this guy's No, face. not a week, at least a year. And okay. I look at his life and I'm just like, you're in the same hometown. You live like an hour, less than an hour away from your parents. Your fucking house is disgusting. Your wife looks miserable. Your children look miserable. You look miserable. You have a fucking fupa. You're Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> like literally yes. I'm a but like also can we justify that since he was such a dick to me I think so I think so You're too holding on to it. I mean the healthy thing to do would be to talk about it in therapy and get over it but like I've or been going podcast. to therapy every or, every or your podcast yeah this works too I was like I've been going to therapy pretty much every week or every other week since the beginning of last year so 15 months and there are things like that that I'm like I'm not ready to let go of it yet. You know what? I'm doing a lot of work on myself, but I'm going to keep this petty thing and and look at fat people from high school who were hot and mean. And I'm going to do that. And that's fine with me. Mary, <laughs> you know? Mary, do you know how many times I think about I've never done it and I'm not going to do it now, but I always have this like glisten in the back of my head that's like name him one day. Like just say his name like just on, on your story or something and be like, fuck you. Like, you know, So this guy, he specifically he was. Yeah, like he would like he would like walk like this is so 2007 too. he would like walk like four rows of people behind me in the hallway. Hallways lined with teachers and just be he would be like Dombrowski, Dombrowski, you're a faggot. And like none of the teachers did anything. They didn't care. That was like the fun thing to say. It was in yeah. movies and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Were, were you out at that point? I was. You... I was. Okay. So it was like. Is anyone else catching this hate crime? Because I'm hearing it all fucking ears. But yeah, no one gave a fuck. Except for like my girls, like my close girlfriends. You were for sure one of these girls. We just weren't friends at the moment. But like when when my girlfriends caught wind of it, they fucking went berserk on him. Mm -hmm. Berserk. And I was like. All right. I don't got to. I was like, a minute I was like, I can't pick my own battles. But at the same time, I was like, I can't pick my own battles because if I do like one thing wrong, nobody's going to side with me. What? Where are you from? I am from just outside of Detroit, Michigan. Oh, yeah. I knew that. Okay, so you're from a Midwest city, too, Mm -hmm. where it was like I actually grew up super, super religious. (gasps) Oh, my God. You hated gays. Did you hate the gays? I hated gays. Oh, Mary. I didn't them but I so here's here's you're gonna you're gonna not like me but okay okay here's where I was I went to church camp every year from the ages of six to eighteen what religion was it Pentecostal holy rollers do you do you speak tongues do you speak tongues (laughs) it's not like French you can't just do it it's not like you just speak tongues but I have spoken in tongues before yes I have as like a child I swear to God like as as a child okay so I was you know what's crazy is being in my 30s and the more I think about this stuff, I was like, I was fully in a cult. Like oh, it was 100% like when I think about the things that we did in church and the things I was and wasn't allowed to do and the things we were taught where it was like, we we weren't this extreme, but a lot of old school Pentecostals, women were not allowed to cut their hair. We weren't allowed to wear makeup. We weren't allowed to get our ears pierced. You couldn't wear any skirts. You weren't allowed to wear pants. You step you on snakes. Isn't there a snake ritual? 
we're not the snake people. There are snake handlers. So oh, but okay, that's okay. like extreme, extreme Pentecostals are like kissing snakes and snake charmers and whatever. We weren't those people, but we did like have to wash our elders feet. No, in no, church no, no, like no. Because yes. yes, because that was what Jesus did. And again, I was this way until I all through high school. Like we did this every year. I went to church camp for a week every single summer. And washed and, like, them across back, the SB. Mm, I came back on fire for Jesus. And so- <gasps> I have since apologized to this girl, but there was, there was not many out kids in my high school. There was maybe like two or three in uh-huh. our entire high school that was like openly gay. Yeah. Cause a mean girl was like you. <laughs> well, this girl, <laughs> when she told everyone she was gay, I want to say we were, I was in, I don't know. I was at some point in high school and I took it upon myself to tell her that she was going to go to hell oh, and that you. I was coming at it from a caring points that I want. I was so concerned about her eternal soul that I wanted her to come to church with me and that Jesus would save her. And I was on this girl's ass. Like I basically made it my like duty to make her a Christian. And of course she wasn't into it. Like who would be? And I remember, I specifically remember because I saw on a billboard of a church, you know how they have like those letter signs that they can change the, the sayings on the outside of of a church or whatever. Of course. When you drive by, I remember seeing one that said, stop, drop, and roll won't help you in hell. And I remember saying that to her because I was like, you're going to be on fire and all your sin and da, 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 and all this kind of shit. And then it was like, not until college when I started to kind of break away from religion and question, not even question things, but just kind of, I stopped going to church. I stopped being that crazy religious person. And it, I was like a couple of years into college and I sent her a message on Facebook and I was like, yo, I am so fucking sorry. Like, I can't even begin to describe how wrong I was. And I can't imagine what you were going through. Like, I was clearly, I don't want to say possessed, but like I had ulterior motives that were taught to me. I was parroting what everyone I trusted had told me. So I just thought that that's the way that things were. That why would my parents lie to me, you know? And so I apologize. And she was very sweet about it. She's like, Hey man, I get it. Like, I appreciate you reaching out. Like all's good. Like, thank you so much for this. This means more than, you know, you could imagine. But after I kind of got away from religion and started realizing like, Oh, that's supposed to love all people in this. And like, started like, I know it sounds crazy, but in my twenties, my mid twenties, starting to see like, huh, there are some holes in religion, aren't there? It, it wasn't until then that I like kind of started to open up to people and like really reevaluate where some of my like beliefs and shit lied. First of all, I got to be honest with you, Mary. I respect you so much for like willingly, openly talking about that because I feel like a lot of people wouldn't. And I think that that's important because this is real and it has happened to a lot yeah. of people. And it doesn't mean that anybody like so many people think like this is a bad person. Like they did this thing mm-hmm. like they're a bad person. And I specifically remember I had a girl like you who was a good friend of mine who was very religious and took me to her aunt to get the demons out of me because they they literally mm-hmm. told me they were like yeah. demons inside of my body and that That's they, they were going to help me. That's what's making you think you're gay. You're not right. gay. The demons are making you think that you're gay. She yeah. even, oh God, she even told like, us she had to specially schedule it for a time when her children weren't around because she didn't want the children to like catch the demons that were inside of me. Yeah. Like, it, like that fucks you up too. But the whole thing too is like, there, I went through phases of like one almost believing that to two resenting that and being super angry towards them to three realizing that like this is what these people believed and like in a super fucked up retrospect, it 
came from a good place because they didn't know any different. They were trying to help based on what they knew and were told and had always believed and lived. Yes. In a fucked up way. It's like, Hey man, I'm just trying to help, (laughs) you know, but it's, it's yeah. It's a very hard thing to kind of wrap your mind around. Yeah. Dude, like, we, we went deep. Well, yeah. I, I mean, love it's it. true. It's true. It's, it is what it is when you're like, Oh, you would totally be one of these girls. I was like, not then. Like, Okay. I got some you know what's crazy too, is that comedy also helped me a lot. Oh, I meeting, bet. Because it's a super diverse community. So many yeah. different walks of life and people who are like the coolest, funniest people on earth. And I'm like, you mean you can be different and still cool? Get out of here. I know, you know I so. know. Comedy too is the same for me. I just, I remember like meeting so many people from so many different everything, literally everything. Yeah. And it, yeah. it, it opens you up. It's good. I got some emails from the fans. I got some good ones this week. I asked them to rant about their horrible bosses. Do you haven't, did okay. you ever have like a terrible boss? I had one boss. That specifically is sticking out in my mind. I think everyone has that one where you're like, tell me about a shitty boss. I'm like, oh, I thought I'm like immediately taken back. It was um, a retail manager that I had. What store? Coach. Ooh. Mm -hmm. I worked at Coach. Yeah, right. I worked at the Coach store because we got a 65% discount and it was amazing. But I worked there in college and this boss loved me during the interview, loved me during my training, everything. And then it was like one day something switched. And it was like, I couldn't do anything right. I was constantly in trouble. She was always nitpicking me for every little thing. And it was like everyone else in the store got away with murder. But when it came to me, the tiniest little things were the end of the world. I was always getting pulled back into the office. I was always getting yelled at. I was always getting written up. And that is the only job that I have ever quit. Like, fuck this place. I'm done working here. I put in my two weeks and then just stopped showing up. Like I've always been the person who's like, do what you're supposed to do, train your rehire. I'll come in and finish my shifts. That was the place where I was like, fuck you guys. I'm out. This person has made my life a living hell. Yeah. I almost walked out in a classroom one time too, for the same yeah. reason, but I, I got, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Stupid kids making it, me love you. Well, it wasn't, the, it wasn't the kids. It wasn't the kids. It was the, the lack of support that I had from administration. And I wanted to prove a point to them by being like, I'm out. You now have to handle this, meaning you will be in the trenches fully understanding what I've dealt with for the past year. So you got it because I'm no longer going to be here starting tomorrow. And I just couldn't fucking do it. Yeah. I wish I did. Okay, here's a good one. Hey, Mr. D, love your podcast. It keeps me sane to know that I am not alone when I hear all of the crazy stories that happen from other people in their lives and in their classrooms. Well, here's my story. I loved my old school so much, but I knew that it was time to go. So I was on my third year there teaching fifth grade, and we got a new principal. The principal was a micromanager and wasn't satisfied with the way that I taught. She told my instructional coach to give me an earpiece for me to use while my coach had a microphone that she could tell me what to say to my class while I was teaching. There was a half wall where she was going to stand behind it. I looked at my coach and said, absolutely not. I also cried in the bathroom because of how belittled I felt from that. It was the absolute worst. This also same principal who was upset with me because I let my students read books. I couldn't have read that right. This is also the same principal who was upset with me because I let my students read books. Uh, Is that the end of it? That's the end of it. (laughs) 
one, first of all. Second of all, do you know what I pictured when they're describing this entire scenario is, do you remember like the early 2000s uh, reality prank shows where there'd be this exact scenario with someone like hiding behind yes. a curtain, like being like, okay, now say this and da 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 da. That's say exactly butt plug. what I, yeah. yeah, like that's exactly what I pictured. I was like, was she on some weirdo reality show? Like, why Man. are they even feeding her lines? Oh my God, that is so, de- like, I can't even wrap my mind around somebody being so what's the word I'm looking for? Were they like not trustworthy? Like why hire you if they're not going to trust you to do your job? Well, she wasn't, she didn't hire her. Like she was hired in the position and then her boss changed. So that's got to be even harder. The best situations in schools are when you're in a building where the boss who is in that building has hired the entire staff. That's the best because like you brought them in for a reason. I think we got a better one here. Let's see. Hello, Joe and the crew. Here's my principal rant. I taught high school English in Michigan. Hey, girl. For 21 years, and my last principal moved to my high school building about six years before I quit the job in 2021. He had previously taught at my district's middle school, where he was very famous for riding an adult tricycle in the hallways. What? He I don't thought even know it, what an adult tricycle is. Me either. He thought that it was a brilliant idea to bring the tricycle to high school, but was mocked so mercilessly both by staff and students that he stopped riding it in the halls around three months into the new job. Also, God help you if you leave your classroom door open during class. He'd loudly announce his presence and walk right on in regardless of what you were doing in the classroom. He would then specifically address students in your class, praising them for their athletic skill at the previous event, but never non-athletes unless you had gotten in trouble. And then he made sure to call that kid out. Behave, XYZ. I don't want to see you again in the office or something equally as shameful. Also, the same guy who repeatedly called a teacher by her former last name from a previous painful first marriage even though she had to divorce that jerk and had been happily remarried for about four months and the same leader who continues to make announcements over the pa system addressing all students as guys even though he's been repeatedly educated about this by schools the school's social justice team in addition to the adulterous superintendent repeatedly adulterous hr director and numerous racist incidents this stellar principal was one of my happiest bye-byes when I quit. Thank you for celebrating our field and becoming such a joy to others. Wow. Tricycle? A tricycle. That's what I can't get over. Do you know what? Again, I, I just keep having like flashes of old, like I pictured the guy in the Saw movies, like that little oh, like, me too. Thing, like creeping out around. I'm like, why is this guy just creepily riding a tricycle? So I do kind of see what happened here though. He came from middle school. So he, those were like younger kids, right? So he, he, used to do that because he was like relating to a younger demographic and thought that it'd just play into high school, but he never took the time to consider it too. This guy is also an extreme extrovert. I can tell by how he just like comes into classrooms and just starts chatting, which is super fucking annoying because you could be in the middle of something super important and all of a sudden there's this disruption, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think he was just honest to God, just straight up brain dead. I really do. Where he's just 
like thinks he's the guy, like he's the boss so he can do whatever. Like you're welcome that I'm coming in to grace your classroom with my presence kind of a thing. Yeah. I think that he thinks he's the cool, the cool principal. Oh, like everyone like loves him. Right. But in reality, like we don't. Also, (laughs) you can tell by the way that this woman writes this, that she's like, getting more and more heated because she's like and then yeah. this happened and then he's racist uh-huh. and then he said you guys <laughs> like, right 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 multiple times yeah <laughs> that's crazy okay I got one more for us you ready for it mm-hmm. hi Mr. D I love your podcast that brings a smile to my face every time I listen I have a boss rant to share our little part of this cubicle land got a new big wig director slash VP of something or other. Big wig director decided at one of his first meetings with all of us who were in his organization that we should do an icebreaker activity. So we all had to go around the room and talk briefly about our favorite book. Simple enough, right? Everybody had normal answers. We learned about some cool cookbooks. We learned about other types of books. Mission accomplished, right? Brings everybody together. Oh, just you wait. My boss, i.e. my direct supervisor, said, wait for it. He said, I think that reading fiction is a total waste of time. I only read nonfiction, so I only read the Bible. Did he this just, was my brother. Did he just quote Mary Santora? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my Tony, God. I didn't know he was a principal. No, I'm just kidding. I only read nonfiction, so I only read the Bible. Holy shit. Keep in mind that everybody up until this point had mentioned books of fiction. So he basically insulted everybody in the room in one fell swoop, which is a weird phrase, by the way. Fell swoop is the weirdest mm-hmm. phrase. It takes a lot of talent to do that. I got to answer right after him. Mr. D., it was like there is now this big dark cloud that fell over the room before my boss spoke. Oh, yay. Now it's my turn. I said that my favorite book was The Count of Monte Cristo by Alexander Dumas. It literally oh my is my favorite book. Why? Because it's total. It's a total page turner. You can't put it down and it takes the main character years to enact his revenge on those who wronged him and the main character gets his justice in the end. Several months later, that same supervisor became so totally unglued in a meeting with me and another co-worker that the co-worker and I thought that he was going to punch one of us in the face. We were not sad when he left after all that time. And the crazier part of it all, my co-worker complained to HR about our supervisor's fury-infused temper tantrum, and they did nothing about it. Cheers from an avid listener in Arizona. P.S. You have my permission to use my first name if you decide to read this on here. No worries, girl. I'm going to keep this one completely Anon. Dude, I can't even imagine being a teacher. Like I've I don't think this bar, girl so I was. Worked. I don't think she was. Because Oh, so okay. That makes more sense then. Okay. That makes more sense. I because I'm imagining a principal doing all of these things. Because the first two stories were principals, right? The first two were principals, but she specifically says big wig director and VP of something or other, and that you would never have a vice president. In a school system a school? or or <laughs> director, <laughs> really. Yeah. So this okay. is a muggle like you. Muggle yeah, is a, a non-teach. Um, yeah. I had this argument on air, actually. The host of my show, Alan Cox, he said that he only reads nonfiction because it's like wow. better. But basically, like if I'm going to read, I want to learn something because I love trashy murder mystery books. Like, oh, really? Fig- oh, yeah. I call them figure it outs. 
<laughs> but like, you know, like a classic whodunit. Like I love those books. And I have a couple British authors that I have like seven or eight books from that I just love. I just love them. I love reading those books. It kind of is like a way to unwind for me. Instead of watching a TV show, I'll read a book and do the same thing. And he was like, basically said the same thing. His wasn't the Bible, but he was saying like, if, if I'm going to take time to read, why wouldn't I like learn something? Or there's, there's plenty. I think his point was that there's plenty of like really interesting real life stories out there. Like why waste your time with one that's made up, which I guess I can kind of see, but I'm like, cause it's fake. I just want to, I just want to lose myself in a book. Like, you know, I did date a guy once who told me straight up that reading was a waste of time. And I was like, Oh, Mary, I also kind of I didn't I don't I won't want to say I dated this guy, but I I very well uh, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you mean. He, he, yeah. Okay, okay. He he one time and this this ended me ever seeing him again. I never saw him again after he said this. He said, what's your favorite subject to teach? And I said, math, because it's it's universal. It's like numbers are this. Yeah. It's the same in every language. And he goes, fuck math. I was a jock. And I was like, and good fucking bye. Wow. Like you're a jock, so you can't do math. OK, so I don't know if this is just my circle of friends or if you I mean, you would know better than I would. Uh, in high school, in my high school, all of my friends, we were all in like AP classes. We were all very smart and we also played sports like it was cool to be smart. Yes. Like the popular kid group were all very good students. There were a couple outliers that weren't. But for the most part, there was like the same 10 of us that had all the same classes together that were all like advanced and all did very well in school and then just happened to be athletes as well. So I guess I never really understood that where it was like, you know, math is stupid or why would I try? And it's like, cause you want to go like, why wouldn't you try? You know? Exactly. And it, 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 it was like, he was like doubling down on toxic masculinity. Ugh. I know I couldn't okay. handle it. Hey, Mary, Thanks for hey. coming on the podcast, yeah, man. Yeah, thank you. Thanks I, for having me. I had so much fun. I feel like we could do this like, well, let me invite myself back. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you you're always invited but Seriously, back. I mean, anytime. I'm going to have you on the road with me too. We just got to figure out when. What do you got going on and where can people find you? So I am actually uh, booked through June. So I'm on the road almost every weekend. So if you guys want to come see me, you can go to marysantora.com and that's got all my tour dates and everything like that. And then, Instagram and TikTok for stand-up clips and, you know, just kind of enjoying the life of whatever I'm doing is a Mary Santora comedy on TikTok or Instagram. Enjoying the life of an ex-Pentecostal. Dude, it's taken a long time to deprogram. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I've been working on it for like a solid 10 years. And there's still sometimes where I catch myself being like, that, all right, that was a Jesus thing. We're going <laughs> to dial it back on there, that There's one, a few you know? times where I'm sitting down at dinner and I just look at everyone and say, shalom, <laughs> You nailed it. You, you nailed guys, it. Mary Santora, I'm not kidding you. She is a fucking killer. I have so much fun with her as a person and as a friend. This girl lights up the stage. I want you to stop what you're doing right now. I want you to find her on Instagram at the very least. Stalk the shit out of this girl. Find a city that she's coming to that's within the city 
near you. I'm telling you, even if it's a drive, it is worth the drive to see Mary Santora perform. You're going to love it. Mary, thanks for coming on the podcast, my friend. Thank you. It's so sweet. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Bye. Bye.